a very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Welcome to the World Game Changers podcast. And today, listeners, we've got a surprise for you because I, Lynn Smith, am going to be interviewing Paul Lowe today, just as a bit of a change. So welcome, Paul. Thank you very much. Yeah, this should be interesting. Looking forward to this. Yeah, and off air, I think we decided that we was going to um, choose the subject of beliefs today to talk about. So... Um, Take it away, Paul. What what do you want to discuss in relation to beliefs today? Mm, The power of beliefs. I want to start with, whenever I talk about this subject, um, what some might say is a very uh, challenging or contentious statement. And I got it from Jim Britt, somebody that we both know from the past. All beliefs are false. All beliefs are false. And then usually there's the uproar, well, and well, I know I am a woman of 37 or a man of 65 or whatever it is. And, you know, I've got short hair, dark hair. I know all this and, and I believe that. So how can it be false? Well, and that's a good question. That's a good initial reaction. But isn't it true that as life, you know, who we think we are and who we actually are, well, that's a whole new topic altogether. But as life progresses... We have a belief that may serve us. It's something we have decided is true at that given moment in time. And that's the bit I didn't tell you about Jim Britt's statement. All beliefs are false. It's something that we have decided is true at any given moment in time. So let me give an example of when I was a kid. I was about, I don't know, five or six years old, and uh, I had a pair of these red shoes. And I really love these red shoes. And I can remember my mother saying, we need to buy you some new ones. And I threw a temper fit because I didn't want to lose these shoes. I was so attached to them. And basically, when she tried to explain that they were too small for me, I can remember now defiantly saying, no, these shoes Whatever size they are, they'll always fit me. And I was convinced, I would, I believed that to be true. That, you know, I don't know whether there was size five shoes. I will always take size five shoes because I was so emotionally attached to them. And of course, you know, size, uh, children's size five shoes, um, you know, you're going to quickly grow out of them. And I think that's a great metaphor for beliefs. So, um, You know, the power of beliefs. I I always use that one to start off with and say, okay, any thoughts around that? Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it, that um, we can take on, well, to start with, let's let's talk about, first of all, how would you define what beliefs are? You know, for those listeners that are not familiar with this topic, maybe we need to discuss, you know, exactly what, what beliefs are. Beliefs, I think, is um, probably the best way to answer that. It's kind of the umbrella that brings in um, 
from, uh, I think it was Gandhi that coined the phrase, um, or there's some, uh, there's some kind of conjecture about that, but this phrase of our beliefs control our thoughts. Our thoughts control our beliefs, our, our words, our words, our habits, and this line, this hierarchy, and it goes all the way down. So beliefs, thoughts, words, actions, and eventually the results, the outcomes in life that we create for ourselves. So it all starts with beliefs and it brings in values and habits and everything. And it works down this hierarchy. But right at the top of that hierarchy sits beliefs. It's kind of the umbrella that holds together our thoughts, our feelings our habits, everything. And so we, I always liken it to, to baking a cake. We put all these mixing uh, ingredients uh, in the bowl and then we mix them all up and we create something. We create a cake called a belief. And depending on how strong those ingredients are, so this is a theory, by the way, because you know I'm not the world's best cook. How's that for a limiting belief? There's a great limiting belief, isn't there? I am not the world's greatest cook. But put that to one side for a moment. And, you know, if we put six eggs in, and I'm talking, I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about here, by the way, <laughs> listeners, because I don't know how many eggs you put in a bowl to make a cake. But say you put six in when you should only put three in, uh, or you put too much flour in or too much of X, Y, or Z, I don't know, you're going to get an imbalance or you're going to get a strong ingredient within what is your belief. And that can be totally biased, skewed. So that's how I sum up beliefs. But surely, you know, your statement at the start around all beliefs are false. Surely some beliefs are actually good for us to take on board and, and serve as well. Yeah, and that's the key word, servers. That's the key word. So long as we have that awareness... You know, you know, I personally, as we all do, I have some beliefs now, but I think the, the, the good thing from my own point of view is I have an awareness to know it's just a belief. And that key word or those two key words, servers, does it serve me? Yes. OK, I'll run with it. I'll run with it. I'll let it support me. Does it not? Does it serve me? No. Right. OK. I need to see why that is. And then I can go through the thoughts. I can go through the feelings, you know, because I've got that awareness to say, actually, I don't have to accept this belief because I've decided it's not true. It doesn't serve me anymore. So I decide to have it not as part of my, I don't want to bake that cake anymore. And what do you think is, um, you know, for example, a, a great belief for us to all have that, serves us all going forward in life to succeed in life what sorts of beliefs actually do serve us that we need to be aware of that do do serve our highest good mm, good question i think a very simple one is to know that we are enough and maybe you know when we do things and we give ourselves a hard time as we do as humans you know there's this dance that takes place within us, isn't there? You know, of this flirt between higher level of awareness and being then trapped in the harsh realities or what can sometimes be harsh realities of everyday life. I think the, uh, the modern day term is 3D 
and five days. That's not terminology I particularly resonate with, but uh, this higher self and this more human, inverted commas, lower self, that you would dance between. And, you know, it's about, so, you know, giving ourselves a statement to say, okay, within this dance, it's okay to stumble. It's okay to be not perfect. Because what is this thing called perfect? And I think there's so much pressure by particularly today's media around we should be this or we should be that. And I've certainly found this within the spiritual arena that spiritual people shouldn't do that or shouldn't think like that. Why? Why shouldn't they? Are they are they not human beings? And with human, being human comes that fallibility, that insecurity, that vulnerability. But part of masquerading that fear is we're taught, we're conditioned, don't show weakness. It's a belief, you know, a belief I had uh, because I was brought up with it uh, as, as a young kid. Big boys don't cry. You know, well, you're not a girl. Only girls cry. And, you know, all that nonsense. So, you know, a belief that serves us is to, is to know that you're enough and, and, you know, how special you are how unique you are. And I don't just mean, you know, sort of physiologically, but in every sense of the word. And to welcome, to, to start to raise that awareness of, well, self-awareness, because ultimately it's all about awareness, ultimately, when you strip it back. So can you give us an example of how beliefs can serve us or not serve us? I mean my understanding is that beliefs can become a self-fulfilling prophecy and that can be great you know if it's a positive life enhancing belief and does service but it can you know equally make life very difficult and a struggle for us if it's a negative belief that doesn't serve us yeah the labels the stories we tell ourselves and the labels we give ourselves so i had in a former life, what was known as, uh, I still think the terminology is used, an addictive personality, all or nothing, win at all costs. Okay. Now, I also had an addiction, an alcohol addiction, which if I did something, so if you drank a bottle, I had to drink two. If you drank two, I drank four. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. So it went on like a dog chasing its tail, round and round and round. So I had the belief that didn't serve me that I'm a hard-hitting, hard-drinking Irishman because that was part of my upbringing from a very early age. That certainly didn't serve me because it fueled my addiction, but it kept me alive. So even though it wasn't necessarily inverted commas good or healthy, it actually kept me alive. And I think it all depends where we are you know, in the hierarchy of things, sometimes, you know, it might not be ideal. Uh, it might not be deemed good or healthy. And certainly my, my years of addiction weren't. But on the other hand, you could say, well, it's not a bad thing that it kept you alive. And it did. So that was arguably a very good example of something that didn't serve me. You know, I will drink more than you. And I'll play to this role of being this label that was given me. So I think we have to be very careful of labels as well. When somebody gives us a label, we create a belief around it. 
you know, you are this, you are that, you are the other. And certainly as children in our formative years, when we are given these, um, these labels and those, uh, yeah, those influential years, I think it was from the ages of two to, well, even young, younger than two, up to the age of five, we take it in, we soak it up like a sponge and we believe it to be true. So just be careful on what we do believe. In terms of what does serve me now is, you know, I think it's too simplistic what does serve me, is really knowing life's purpose. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? And that can be very simple, can be very, very simple. You know, I think there's all this hype out there about, you know, we've, to have any real purpose in life, we've all got to be starting a school in Africa. You know, we've all got to be saving the oceans. We've all got to be doing this. But it's those simple, everyday little granular things that make the difference. And it's knowing that it is the little things that matter. There's a really positive belief. There's little things that matter. And for people that doubt that, try walking around with a pebble in your shoe and say that it doesn't matter. It's only a small thing, but boy, can that cause you a lot of pain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think with uh, whether it's a, a positive or negative belief, you know, we have either positive or negative expectations around that belief and um, either self-defeating behaviour or self-motivating behaviour, which then can either lead to a, a poor or a excellent outcome on the back of it, can't it? It can indeed, yeah. And, and you know, the more this conversation, I mean, I personally don't need convincing around Jim Britt's statement of all beliefs are false, personally. But I also know from the countless conversations I had, I have, and I've had, um, that people initially take them by surprise. And I can understand that. But, you know, what this conversation has done so far is really, if I did need any convincing, which, as I say, I don't, but it just reinforces, you know, kind of what on the back of what you just said there, you know, how, how, transient beliefs are what serves us today might not serve us tomorrow because we've got a greater level of awareness you know we might not believe that there is a, a fire going off i don't know somewhere in africa we might not believe that brings in that whole believe to see or see to believe approach but just because we can't we're not aware of it or we don't believe it doesn't mean it ain't happening no that's very true so how can, you know, listeners that are listening to this um, that may be thinking, you know what, I, I have got some thoughts and beliefs that aren't serving me and uh, are not bringing me very successful results in my life. Um, how can we help them to um, establish stronger beliefs when initially that stronger belief that they probably feel they need to believe um, is something they don't actually strongly believe in right at this moment in time? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a case of creating a stronger belief. I think it's a question of creating a more self-empowering belief, because ultimately we're taking that, and I hasten to use this word, listeners, but control back, that power back of our lives. It's ultimately about self-awareness and self-empowerment. You know, it brings in the question of values. You know, I, I alluded to uh, Gandhi's hierarchy there, you know, beliefs, uh, thoughts, feelings, words, habits, values and eventually um, outcomes. So, you know, values are in there. What do we value? So I'm flipping off slightly at a tangent here to give you 
you know, to answer the question, but, but my values, my primary five values, and I have many in life, but these, my five L's are life, because without life, there's nothing. Life is sacred. What a gift. What a gift to be present. Life, learning. Learning what? Why are we here? We're here to promote the energy and the message of love. It's as simple as that. And that brings in the third value of loving. We're here to, we're as messengers of love. That's it. What does that do? It creates a legacy. The more people we can influence, we can positively affect with the, you know, the, um, the emotion of love. Let's just call it the emotion of love. The energy of love is a more accurate description. Um, the better. And we leave a legacy. So we leave the world a better place. That's, that's part of, you know, of our raison d'etre. That's why we're here. We're here to spread the word of love and uplift the world accordingly. But I think at the risk of sounding judgmental, I think it's fair to say, man's, there's work to do. And there's work to do. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then the final L is, the, um, is loyalty. Now, people say, well, that's a strange one. I can kind of get the how the others seem to fit together. Loyalty in the process to thine own self be true. You're only responsible for you. What the outside world is saying, thinking, doing, I don't know who wrote the book, but somebody wrote a book to the, along, I'm paraphrasing now, but what you think of me is none of my business. And we get so caught up in the beliefs and the thoughts of other people. Does he like me? Does she like me? Do they approve? You know, that, that seeking, that self-approval, that self-approval. And it's about taking yet again that power back to say, you know, to quote Dame Shirley Bassey, this is my life and, and I'm going to take responsibility for it. So I just bring, I throw in the values there around, uh, I get so passionate about that. I've kind of lost the thread of the question you asked me now. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I was looking to get an answer to, um, you know, say, for example, if there was a listener out there who was had the belief that I'm not confident, for example, and that has negatively impacted their life then to actually change that to a more empowering belief around I am confident might be a bit of a struggle for them because they don't actually, you know, believe it initially that they are confident. So how do we help people, you know, change their belief to a more empowering belief when initially it might sound as though they're being, you know, lying to themselves, for example? Hmm. There again, it's, it goes back to the same thing, going on a voyage of self-discovery, self-inquiry. And asking yourself, where did you get actually get that belief from? Where, who planted that? You know, and then that can be difficult because a lot of the stuff um, is, you know, subconsciously planted when we was very young. and we, We're not even aware of it, but it's, it's buried in there somewhere. So but, you know, let's keep this as simple as we can. So imagine a tabletop with a belief on it that said, I don't know, I am handsome um, or, you know, I am whatever be that good, bad, or indifferent. And then the legs on the table are called reference points. So they support the tabletop. So on the tabletop, you've got this belief, I am. Brackets positive, brackets negative, whatever it is. And then there's going to be four legs, or there could be how many legs on the table supporting that belief. They're called reference points. In other words, what, where did you get those, you know, what supports that tabletop? Where did you get that notion from? 
And what's reinforced it? What's held that belief to be true? So I think a common example is uh, I am popular. I have a belief that I am popular. Hmm, okay, well, how do you work that out then? Um, okay, well, I know that when I'm when I'm in people's company, they smile with me, they laugh with me, they put their arm around me, they, you know, they send me Christmas cards, you know, they might give me a kiss or, or whatever. All those positive affirmations of you are popular, you are liked. So does that kind of start to answer your question? I feel it's on the right lines, but maybe not deep enough. Yeah, I do think it answers the question. You know, I think, uh, I suppose what... Um, the listeners need to know is that you know there are certain things you've experienced in life that either support your belief uh, as you refer to those reference points or reference legs that support that belief that's on the tabletop and the way to get rid of the um, negative belief is to keep questioning each of those references um, that supports that tabletop at the minute and uh, and get get rid of those legs that are supporting it so that that belief falls over and disappears and then think of a more empowering belief that uh, you can add legs under that are going to support that belief to a point where it becomes something you don't need to think need to think or second guess it becomes over time you know more concrete mm. yeah I think there's a, I mean I've never took it I approach things differently but I think there's a train of thought that says you take it to seven levels and you can disempower the most rigidly tightly held belief by just asking the question so you've got this belief so why i've got a belief of i am popular okay why uh, because of people laughing and smiling and joking with me why well and then you know the more digger the more you dig a deeper <laughs> dig a deeper, deeper. <laughs> the more you dig a deeper um the more challenging it becomes. But eventually you can get to the root. It's a bit like pulling a weed out of a flower bed. You can pull it out because you've got down to its deepest root. And there's nowhere for it to hide then. Probably yeah. doing a disservice to weeds there. Yeah. And I think even somebody can disempower even a positive belief that you might have about yourself by keep questioning it, can't they? Oh, yeah. The principle works both ways. Definitely. Definitely. And that's why we, you know, that's why it brings in, you know, on my on my values, the, the final one, the final L of loyalty to thine own self be true. Because as we know, you know, there is a, a part of human nature, which at times can be uh, just, let's say, unsavory. And people will will try and kind of derail you, you know, because they're in that pain. It's not about you, but it's in the pain and the reflection that they're in in their space. And they want to project that onto, onto others because by giving others their pain, there's the feeling that it takes it away from them. Well, actually it doesn't. It just makes two people miserable rather than just one. Yeah. And so it's like you say, taking responsibility for yourself and to thine self be true. and you know, don't look for that external validation, validate it within yourself, whatever you will wish to validate. Yeah. So I'll just pick up on your thread of an earlier question of a really self-empowering belief. So, um, you know, although I'm only a young boy, I do shave and, um, you know, maybe I'm advanced for my age. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not. <laughs> I'll let other people judge. Um, 
But when I'm having a shave, I look in the mirror and I just see one handsome, very, very handsome, loving young boy there. And I tell him as well. I tell him. And I actually question, it's amazing that somebody as young and handsome looking as you are actually shaving. <laughs> and that's just, um, you know, a bit of fun. But it raises the energy and the vibration within us as an individual. And it yet again, and I've, you know, I've flagged this up a couple of times, it's about the story we tell ourselves and we have a choice. We do have a choice. We may not have a choice on external events, but we've certainly got a choice about how we perceive them, how we handle them and what we're going to, how we're going to let them affect us. Absolutely, we do. So where, where do our beliefs actually come from? You know, because obviously we're not born with beliefs. So, you know, where do our beliefs actually come from that we subconsciously take on board do you think well i think it's all that i mean we're going into deep science here. i don't want to go too deep about this but it's around you know when you look at what we are as an energy uh, and that's what we are first and foremost we're in energy form and there's things called neuropeptides which send uh, energy signals around the frequencies around the body and they they help to form a kind of I suppose it's a bit like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit out of my depth here, listeners, when talking about computers, another limited belief. Uh, I keep seeding these in. Um, but when you look at a computer, how it stores information, and then depending what program it is, and that's a key word, we program ourselves because we're born, we're born for survival first and foremost. You know, we learn to be, I, I firmly believe, there's a belief that we're, we're born pure love. And then we unlearn that as time goes by. We unlearn that. You know, so you take a young baby, a, young, a newborn baby. Once that baby starts crying, it quickly learns that it's, ah, this is interesting. If I cry, I get picked up. I get comforted. Let me bring attention to myself. I mean, you know, forget the fact that there's that need for being fed, being watered, being changed, et cetera, et cetera. But that real simple, ah, all of a sudden I've got some significance and meaning in life. I've got some control here. You know, that need for certainty. And I know we're going to be doing another, you don't want to kind of go too deep on the, the six human needs, but the first of the six needs, that need for certainty and control that, you know, we, we all have that. So I believe, I believe we're born pure love as messengers of love, but we kind of unlearn that. And then what we eventually do, if we so choose, is go, hang on, I need to go back on that voyage of self-discovery and unlearn what I've learned, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it's a, not necessarily about unlearning, but remembering, you know, what, what we already know within us. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, choice of different words, but uh, yeah, yeah, because we do we do learn, you know, uh, and I'm very sort of focused on the word learning. But, uh, you know, irrespective of that, uh, it is, you know, I use the term it's about peeling back the onion layers. And as we do so, sometimes it makes us cry. Mm, absolutely. I, I was thinking, you know, in terms of our beliefs, you know, um, in more general terms, such as, you know, if, if somebody's born in a third world country as against the western world country then obviously that's going to shape what they believe and what they don't believe for example yeah 
yeah um but i mean yes absolutely and that's where we're dealing with the practicalities of, of life isn't it and um that's where i think the power of mentoring comes in because you know if you tell somebody that you know life is great and as you say they're experiencing a completely different you know it's that see to believe believe to see and i think this is where the power of mentoring comes in to actually help and guide and support that person rather than just telling them the world's a beautiful place uh, well it's all right for you your you know your family's rich you live in a beautiful country you've got this you've got that you know you was born into a very privileged life i don't understand that world does that mean it doesn't exist no of course it doesn't so you know, for me, the power of mentoring to to bridge that gap, because I believe that all events in life are neutral. The only power they have, whether we're rich, poor, black, white, you know, irrespective of what the label is, is the power that we choose to give them. And that's why I love the stories of people that don't accept, you know, you know, the kind of uh, status um, in life that, that might be extremely challenging. And they come from adversity. They don't accept that that's their station in life. You know, I grew up, you're a working class boy. You always will be. And boys like others either go to prison or we end up dead by the time we're 20. Make your choice. Yeah, yeah it can be as stark as that, can't it? It can be yeah. as stark, and it is as stark as that. Absolutely. Um, uh, and I, I think, you know, knowing your background, you could have easily been one of those that, that could be already dead or in prison, you know, uh, because of the environment you grew up in. Yeah. But what a waste that would have been, listeners. You know, that young boy, so handsome and so so <laughs> talented and so gifted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing to the I'm playing to the microphone here a bit, but um you know, it is about that belief, you know, does it serve me? Yes, it does. Why? Because it's a, it's a story that I've decided serves me. I create my own story. We all do. You know, we can create a pessimistic one. I had one, I had a character called Shufflefoot. He shuffled along, his shoulders were slouched. Poor old me. Nobody else has got a bad life like me. Or I, I switch that into Superman. I am powerful. I am enough. And I love the work of Brenny Brown when she talks about accepting vulnerability and, and just put it out there. You know, yes, it can be challenging. Yes, it takes courage, but it's well worth it. So I believe. Wonderful. It's been fascinating. You're sharing your insights around beliefs. So anything else that you would like to leave the listeners with today? to add any further words of wisdom before we close the episode? Um, any other thoughts? I mean, blimey, where do we start? Um, no, I, th I think I kind of want to leave it there, really. Um, there was a metaphor that kind of came into my mind a moment ago. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll just leave with this one. Um, and this is to, I suppose, really just reinforce the, the power of beliefs. So take um, all events in life are neutral. The only power they have is what we choose to give them, either consciously or subconsciously. And I think it's fair to say for most, it's probably sub subconsciously. We react emotionally. So put that to one side for a moment. Let's take a, a football match. And there's a cup final. And one team plays in red and one team plays in blue. 
and say at the cup final there's 100,000 people and one of the teams wins 1-0. 50,000 of those supporters, half of them, are going to be absolutely elated. They're going to believe it was a great game, the best game they've ever seen. 50,000 supporters are going to believe it was a rubbish game. The referee was, was a cheat and he wore, a, you know, he wore the opposition colours and he's been bribed and I'll never go to a football match again and I hate football and blah, blah, blah. Well, the game is the game is the game. The result is the result. The only power it has is the, what we choose to believe in. Yeah, the meaning we give it. Yeah, absolutely. That simple example, because 1-0 is 1-0 is 1-0. And depending on which side of the fence that you sit, well, you'll put your own belief system on it based on whether it serves you or not. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing that. Really, really um, drives the point home as to the fact that, you know, it's, it's all down to our own perception and what meaning we give things as to uh, then, you know, how we respond or react to it, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. So on that basis, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this different episode today with me, Lynn Smith, talking to your hosts, Paul Lowe, for a change and picking his brains around the subject of beliefs. So um, over to you, Paul, to close the episode. And close it, I will, listeners, because I believe the best way to do that is to offer some certainty, which nicely segues into the next episode I'll be doing with Lynn around the six human needs and the first one, that need for certainty, because I'm going to be very certain here and sign off the way I always do by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>